In this podcast episode, we want to introduce you to our BCEN friend, Mark Eggers. Come along as Janie Shoemaker, Michael Dexter, and Holly Briggs talk with Mark about his career journey, past, present, and future, as Mark hands off the hosting of BCEN and Friends and begins a new adventure, retirement. This episode is called The Me Behind the Microphone. And welcome to BCN and Friends podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, to create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Holly Briggs a professional development specialist at BCN and one of your hosts for today. I am joined by my co-host, Janie Shoemaker, the CEO at BCN, and Michael Dexter, Director of Professional Development at BCN. Hi, Janie. Michael. Hi. Holly. In this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Mark Eggers. You may recognize his voice from this podcast as he is used to being a host, but not today. He is our honored guest as we say best wishes on his upcoming retirement from BCN. Janie and Michael, could you please introduce us to the person behind the microphone, our BCN friend, Mark. I will take first dibs at that, Holly. I'd be delighted to uh, introduce Mark. Currently, Mark Eggers is our Education and Technology Services Manager at BCEN. Mark started his formal career in IT about 48 years ago, working on IBM mainframes. No, no personal computers at that time. So he worked as a computer operator. As his career progressed, he went into various management roles in IT, including customer support manager for hotel chain. For the last 22 years, Mark has had many roles in the area of training and development, including training all levels of an organization on many diverse topics. He was instrumental in designing, developing, and teaching education at his former employers, along with implementing and maintaining learning management systems for organizations. Michael, you want to tell us more? Yeah, definitely. Mark also lives in Fairhope, Alabama, with his wife, Kathy, and their dachshund, Root Beer. They have four children, and that does not include Root Beer. They have 10 grandchildren and three great-grandchildren. Mark says he loves life and everything about it. Right. Well, Mark, we are so excited to be able to do this podcast with you. Um, and so as we get started, we just heard that you had a very wide variety of work over your career. Can you please tell us what are one or two moments that really stand out to you over that career you've had? Sure. Uh, before I begin, thank you everybody for inviting me on today's podcast. I appreciate it. And having three hosts, that's great. Thank you. So let me tell you about a few moments. Uh, I have a quite a few moments, actually, I could talk about, but there are two that come to mind. First, disaster recovery was something, especially in IT, that you practice and you're ready for, but hope you never had to implement it. It was a Memorial Day weekend about 25, 30 years ago. And for the company I worked for, we had employees in Jakarta. At the time, there was unrest in Jakarta, and we were told they were going to evacuate our employees and their families with no time to pack. 
They were leaving with only the clothes they were wearing on their back. There were no notes for the employees, and Jakarta was becoming a very dangerous place to be. I believe it was a Wednesday or Thursday morning before Memorial Day weekend, and we were told about the unrest and that we would have to get offices, mostly cubicles, ready for the employees, and we need to have them ready by Tuesday morning. In our building in Plano, Texas, on the sixth floor, was an empty shell not built out yet. Emergency meeting was called of all the various departments, IT, HR, building services, et cetera, and disaster recovery was put into action. Come that afternoon, things started to roll. There were electricians, plumbers, drywall workers, painters, carpet layers, et cetera. You name it, they were there. And they were all very happy to be there. It was Memorial Day weekend. They were getting holiday pay. There were smiles on everybody's faces. From our side, it was getting the computers and cubicles that we needed shipped to us overnight, including, think about this, monitors, mice, keyboards, printers, other peripherals, and also down to office supplies, paper clips, staplers, tape dispensers, pens, paper, and so on, and putting this all together, the hardware, the software, and everything else over a 24-7, three-day weekend. Remember, we also had to wait for the sixth floor to be built out. So we built out the cubicles, furnished them, had to get chairs too put the PCs in place, installed the software, tested and made sure it connected to the network. Let's say there was not much sleep that weekend, but there was a lot of adrenaline teamwork. This was for about uh, 25 to 30 employees. And Tuesday morning came, it was a big success. It looked like the sixth floor was always there and fully functional. Oh yes, a break room and coffee bar was also installed that weekend. It's one of those stories you can tell someone, but to be there is something you'll never forget. Wow. It was. It was It was quite amazing. It always sticks in my mind. You know, especially when IT always talked about disaster recovery. We practice it constantly. If your systems went down, whatever it may be. And this is one time I can say it was put into motion. And it was quite amazing. It really was. My other moment, which was kind of funny, was becoming the manager of our telecommunications group for a company I worked for in Denver. That's a memorable moment. The reason why this stands out is because I interviewed for the job internally. I did not hear anything about it after the interview. A week or so went by, and on a Monday morning around 10 a.m., we were all called out to the common area because our VP had an announcement he wanted to make. He announced he was promoted to manager our telecom department. It was me. What made this memorable was that I had no clue. It was a strange feeling when everyone looks at you and congratulates you, and you're more surprised than they are. This is the only time I was ever completely surprised that I had no one to everyone else knew. That one also sticks in my mind as far we went out there, I figured it would get announced who it was. That's great. Someone got it. And it's me. And I had no inkling whatsoever. <laughs> it just, I remember turning just flush red, like the adrenaline is like, whoa, are you? And yeah, you know, everything going through my mind, but it was quite exciting. I have other ones about trips over to England or Australia or other things that I've done, but these are two most memorable that come to mind immediately. Well, thank you so much for sharing those. The first one sounds like just a, an amazing example of great teamwork. And the second one sounds like you uh, were put right in the spotlight where you absolutely belong. So thank you, Mark, for sharing those with us. You're welcome. Yeah, those, those are really, really neat stories. And I like, uh, you know, I, I like both of them, obviously, but I like the first one in regards to nursing, because I don't, I think nurses always plan for disaster, but our definition of disaster and your definition of disaster are different, but they all focus on the same thing. And, and, you know, you have used your career at least the last several years of it to impact nurses and to have a very, very large impact on the emergency spectrum of nurses that BCEN uh, celebrates. And so as part of BCEN, um, what are some of those roles that you've had and ways that you've impacted the emergency nursing community? Well, you know, it's a good question. Thank you, Michael. 
I've been a part of many projects for BCN, and they've all been great to work on. As I look at projects as opportunities to learn and hopefully to contribute my knowledge and expertise. Of course, a major one I initially came to BCN for was the starting up of the learning management system, LMS, or as we call it at BCN, BCN Learn. I was very excited and pleased to get this opportunity. It's great for the nursing community because it lets them have a place to take practice exams. And also thanks to Michael, a great place to get the opportunity to take some current and fantastic courses at the same time earn CE credits. We also have webinars that are second to none. Once a month on Wednesday, webinar Wednesday, we have a webinar on all sorts of topics. The webinars are free and you can even get CEs for attending or listening to the playback. This morning, I did a quick count of about how many we have. We have about 27 webinars. Over 23,000 people have registered for them. If you divide it out, it's over about 850 people plus per webinar. So that really says something. Wow. We also, I know, I did, I did a number out there. It's like, wow, that is a lot. We also have our BCN and Friends podcast. It's ending its third season. There are 50 podcasts. And as of this podcast, 9,985 downloads. Right now, we need 15 to get to 10,000. So if you're listening... Please call. No. Own <laughs> a friend. Take a podcast. One other thing we have are games for CEN, TCRN, and CPEN. That gives you a different way to learn. At the same time, gives you a chance to get on a leaderboard. With my retiring, I know 100% that Holly and Michael will keep everything going and make it even better. BCN is in great hands. I won't tell our audience all the great things they have store for 2023 and beyond. I'll let them surprise you. Well, thank you, Mark. And, uh, you know, a lot of what you just mentioned, you know, you talked about myself and you talk about Holly, but really you have been an instrumental driver in a lot of that, especially even the games. And we'll talk about the games later on, but uh, it, it's just really neat to see all of what BCEN is offering and how you've been a focal point of getting that out there to the nurses. So thank you. Thank you. Mark, I know in your previous role before you came to BCEN and certainly since you've been at BCEN, you've worked very closely with nurses. So that's been the past few years that you've done that. So I'm, I'm curious, and I think our audience would love to know, what have you learned about nurses and do you have any words of wisdom for them? That's a good question because, you know, let me tell you, I've worked with many nurses, learned a lot from all of them, and this is true. One common thread I've seen, though, that they really care and have a passion for what they do. You know, when you think about it, that statement sure make, should make everyone extremely happy. I don't know anyone who, when they have to see a nurse, would not be happy knowing that nurses care and are passionate about what they do. All our speakers on our webinars, when they present specific fields of expertise, go over and above the knowledge they present. Again, passion for nurses. Any nurse I've ever spoken with has always impressed me. I'm always so grateful how they take care of all of us when they do have a busy, hectic life and so many people, but always make time to take care of us. Thank you, nurses. Words of wisdom. I thought about this. I know nurses are just like the rest of us and have times when the world is not a happy place. But just remember, there are literally millions of people who think you are the greatest. Nurses, you're excellent. Thanks for everything. Oh, thank you, Mark. That's really, that's really touching. Um, since you're on the podcast with three other nurses, I know we're all very moved by those words. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. And speaking of the podcast, we've had some interesting podcasts. We've had some interesting webinars. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your most memorable moments from either a podcast, a webinar, or even both? I can, you know. There's so many, and I don't want to say things that someone thinks I know who that is, or you're talking about me. 
So, you know, I don't want people driving in the car or walking, listening to us or whatever, and start thinking like that. But, you know, they're all very memorable. There were times when people would send in chat messages or verbally tell the audience something and your heart would melt or you would get a lump in your throat or a smile of gratitude. It was amazing how people would open up. But yes, there's one moment I caught Michael and I off guard. In a podcast, we asked something like, if you weren't a nurse, what would you want to be? Michael might know what this is. We had somebody answer, I want to be a jewel thief. Pink Panther strikes again. Yeah, I remember that. I was not expecting a nurse to tell us that they would be a thief if they were not a nurse. But No, um, they told us yeah. all various different things, but to be a jewel thief has always stuck in my mind. So if I wouldn't retire again on hard times, I know who to call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, one thing that we uh one thing that we've really kind of joked about over the years, um, you and I is we'll get on meetings or we'll be on a, you know, a webinar or something and people always comment on your background. And I know on this podcast, nobody can see the background, but if you ever go back and watch some of our previous webinars, you may see it, you may not, but Mark has literally hundreds of board games behind him and people always will comment about, is that real? Is that a backdrop? Are those really games? So can you just tell us, like, where did this love of games start? How did you get involved in board games? How, and not just, I mean, because I think most people actually enjoy playing games, but how did you get from being a game player to a game collector and instrumental in, in so many parts of, of really the gaming community that a lot of uh, nurses don't know about? Sure. So you're right. When people get on, it doesn't matter who they are, and Michael and I laugh, or Janie, when we're on one a webinar or anything where we're visually seeing each other they'll begin their discussion with us and then they'll say are they games behind you and i touch them to show them that it's real and it's not just a, a, a picture and then many times the people we're talking about went to how they like games how they've done this do you have this game so uh you know i've been playing board games about 12 years and when living in dallas i attended bgg or board game geek convention uh, I loved it so much. I volunteered on Memorial Weekend and the weekend before Thanksgiving every year. They had two conventions every year to see thousands of people who love games and just playing. So, you know, if you love games and want to experience a full gaming experience, you can attend BGG or any conventions that are held around the country, even the world. If you do a Google search on BGG, Board Game Geek, you'll find out more about them. It'll tell you about literally thousands of games out there and all this it'll open up a whole new world to you if you're interested in games. So I have at last count somewhere between 800 and 900 games, big and small. A card game is called a game. You know, a big game is called a game. So all different games. And yes, I will answer your questions that you're thinking about that there in podcast land. No, I have not played them all. I have not played them all and some are still not have been open. So as time went on, I used to get games and play them. And my wife said, you really are a board game collector. So now I'm a board game collector. Uh, there's literally thousands of games that come out every year and people don't realize it. And of course, people come back to me and, and say, uh, you know, I play Monopoly or I play Shoots and Ladders with my kids or whatever. And there are games too, absolutely. But truly mean it. If you have any inkling about games, look at BGG and you'll be surprised all the stuff that's out there. You know, there you, you said you have 100, uh, I think you said seven to 800 games, but there are thousands. So what what would make you get one game over another? If there are so many games out there, what do you look for in a good game? Good point. You know, there's some games like the Dungeon Dragon. I don't get into those. Uh, funny story, when I first began gaming, we went to a small community game thing in town in Plano, Texas. 
and my wife and I went in there and played games and we stayed for about three and a half, four hours. Uh, she played maybe four or five games during that time. I got in, I got my first game was a game I think was called Brass and very deep, very technical. And three and a half hours later, I was still playing the same game. And I was just, <laughs> and you're brand new at it. And these are real gamers. You don't want to get them upset per se as far as make a wrong move at that. So I was like, I'm thinking, all right, the guy before it, whatever move he makes, maybe I'll make the same move. <laughs> It'll be like, oh, that was a good move. It's like, wow. Or it'd be like, why'd you make that move? Uh, well, I thought it was the right move to make. <laughs> so all of a sudden my wife's like, oh, you want to play another game? No, I, I've had played three and a half plus hours. I'm t- so I like my games around two hours or less. I like uh, all different types. With the kids, I like playing different games, uh, role-playing games, rolling dice games, card games, uh, games where you got a certain amount of time to play. So anything that, you know, in the genre of those, I also enjoy because it it's a way to escape the world for a while too. It takes your mind completely off things. It's fun. And you love seeing people play. They're laughing, they're playing, they relax. So there's, the thing is though, I have so many types. I'm looking around here right now. Uh, theme, ones that have themes, so I'm like a, a, a theme park or a role for adventure or ones for uh, wine about winery and that other ones about uh, medical. There's some type. There's some about uh, climbing up a mountain. Uh, you know, I like ones where you have to build stuff in that too. There's different ones there where you get different shapes. You have a certain amount of time to put into a square or a circle, whatever the shape outcome should be. So, uh, just a whole lot of. But the ones I really do stay away from are the ones that are like over two now it might be two hours we read the directions two three hours it's according if you got the time but the ones that get real long after a while it's like if a movie is five or six hours i wouldn't want or i read a book for seven or eight hours so and some people love those at the game convention occasionally they'll play games where they're war type games that have strategic games and they'll leave it there overnight it'll be there three four days or we playing it no i gotta do more in life than that one thought nothing against gamers that do that that's fine it's just not my cup of tea yeah Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. Janie, I'll turn it back over to you. All right. Thanks, Michael. Mark, one thing I think anyone who's ever worked with you can fully appreciate is how passionate you are about your work and how much care you put into it. And you want your work to be high quality. So oftentimes that translates into Mark is busy working and you work uh, every bit of a full day and then some. We all know that. So I'm wondering, now that you're going to have more free time on your hands, hopefully, what are a couple of things on your bucket list that you're planning to check off? Um, Any big trips or new games or what's on that bucket list that you'd like to share with us? You know, I was talking to my wife about a bucket list and she has a bucket list of many things and she not taken back, but she was like, you don't have a bucket list? And, you know, like... I've done so many things in life. I guess they were on the bucket list, but I still have some things. Absolutely. You know, it's funny when people retire, people say you're a retired person. I think you have more free time. And actually time is just redirecting a different direction, you know, because even even you've talked to how many times I've talked to retired people and they say, I'm more busy than ever. And I don't know what I've done the whole day, but the day's just flown by. <laughs> so, but, but I'm looking forward to relaxing a little more and taking care of some of the maintenance around the house. There's some things I want to do. It's like, you know, I've been saying for the six, last six months, I'll take care of that when I retire. So I guess I have to now. 
and and just catching up, you know, not watching the clock for a while, not looking at the clock saying, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. So that'll be kind of neat. It'll take time to get adjusted to it at least one day, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we just talked about games. So I'm going to work on getting my game site up. I, game Time Anytime is a site that I'm putting up there. And what I want to do with that is do host various TV type games like uh, Family Feud or Paramount or that and do them for like churches, family gatherings or that. Again, again, another way of playing games, you know, out there getting people involved. So that's something I want to do. Uh, the other thing, no really big plans on trips, at least not right away. would like to take my wife to Alaska. That was always on her bucket list and someday take her out to Alaska. I've been there a few times, but she really wants to go see the glaciers and before they melt and a few other things. So and take her up there. Uh, but one item that we both agree on bucket list is see as many national parks as possible. We love outdoors, love just walking, relaxing. And there's so many national parks and there's quite a few right around us within a short driving distance of a few hours. So uh, that would be one of the big things we'd like to do, but uh, just uh, relax some if I know how to relax, you know, so I'll find out if I do or not. So. Yeah. Well, well, I'll be anxious to hear and game time. Anytime sounds like fun. That sounds like something that um, you have to let us know when that's ready. I think that I would love for you to do a thing with, you know, like a family thing. I think that'd be fun for my family. I bet everybody would love to. Yeah. I've done some Christmas parties before where we did family feud yeah. and that, and uh, it's been fun. And uh, we've done other ones, challenges and that, and it's just fun to see people do it. And, and what's funny is, you know, even in work relationships, uh, the titles go away the, the person it's just all different things. I had one lady once in family feud, we were playing at a Christmas party and she was going, she said, oh, I don't know why people freeze up and all this. Anyway, she got to the final round and one of the last questions of last round was name a small appliance. And her answer was spoon. So, well, she had to live for that for quite a while. People back at work would say, I'm going over to Best Buy today and pick myself a small appliance. I'm going to get a spoon, a blender, you know, and she said, it's not funny. It's not funny. But it just goes to show you when you're under pressure, how you do have different things come out. So. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. So Mark, the other um, thing that I was going to uh, ask you about here is that just just the other day, like, I don't know, four or five days ago, I learned something new about you that I did not know after all these years that I've known you. And that is, is that you have an amazing singing voice and you like karaoke. So I, I just was going to um, see if you wanted to give a sample of your singing voice to our audience, or if not, at the very least, what's your top two go-to karaoke songs when you get to sing? Uh, I'll just tell you where they are, because, you know, if I play, if I do them and I don't have the copyright in and all of a sudden they'll get after me for cutting a record or somebody records it and so we don't want to go there. So just okay. that's all I need. We can't, have, we can't have Mark going double platinum this quickly. I don't need to hear myself on AM radio tomorrow. So. Well, you really do. You really do have an amazing voice. Like, like it came through like you were in a studio and we were on Zoom. Wow. Uh, so it really is an amazing voice. Maybe uh, you can... You should put some singing into your intro for game time anytime. I'm serious. But anyway, back to your go-to oh, songs. Thank you, thank what are those? And one of my, uh, going back to uh, Buckle, I like to learn to play guitar someday or piano. Mostly, I did some piano years ago when we first got married. And this lady taught us at the time, I was in my 20s and she was like in her 85 plus. And she was really cheap, but we had to go get her and bring her over. And we had a piano and, and boy, could she play. But what I always remember, I'd be playing and she'd be slapping my fingers or my hands because get those fingers up, get those fingers up. I'm thinking, I'm paying for her to slap my hands. What is this doing here? So just, <laughs> but uh, yes, I would like to do that. But as far as uh, 
two go-to songs. I like uh, Crying by Roy Orbison is a, a nice song. Uh, you know, anything mellow. Uh, Michael Buble, Bread, which is a group from a long time ago. Uh, just uh, B.J. Thomas. I like songs like him. So anything that, you know, those type of songs, very mild songs. I can hit a little bit of a high note occasion, like the Four Seasons, something like that, but not for very long. So uh, do I have a good voice? I have an adequate voice. I can carry a tune, but, you know, just uh, there's so many good voices out there as Americans got talent shows us and American Idol shows us and all there's a lot of good voices out there so uh you know I sing in the shower so yeah well you you have a great voice and I also know from the other day that you can also do some Elvis so oh thank you very much thank you very much that all right well thank you Mark um (laughs) and I'm sorry to our listeners that you didn't get to hear a sample but you know maybe maybe another time um so Holly I'm going to turn it back to you now All right. Well, Mark, we do have a few rapid fire questions for you. If you can just share some of your favorites with us. So Mark, what is your favorite book right now? You know, I don't read many books, but what I do, I do more research on various things online. So, I mean, I do read. I like to, if there's a something to figure out to go online and research it if there's some but i don't my wife's a book oh she's a book lover for both of us but uh, you know the last book though i read it's been a while that i really enjoyed though was lord of the rings trilogy you know, mm. so that that was good but uh and occasionally i might pick up a, and i might now that i'm retired at but mostly magazines stuff online uh you know maybe uh, or some of my favorite book are team meeting books those are ones that i really enjoy so they're, no, they're good too. They're good too. But that's mostly the last books I've read. It's all our team meeting books. So, um, so what is one of your favorite movies? Yeah, this one I can answer hands down. Always could for years. I failed the dreams, but with Kevin Costner, <sighs> my uh, my dad died when I was nineteen, and you know, in that movie they're playing ball, being together, and that's it. Always brings up a little bit of a uh, yeah, that's a cool movie. You know, sign relatable. So, but I do, I love that movie. So. Yeah, James Earl Jones. That's classic. Man. It is a good movie. It is. It is. All right. Here's from down south. So this might be a difficult question. Favorite food? Well, you know, I grew up on the East Coast in New Jersey. So, uh, oh, you've lived down I, south with us. So, yeah. Well, fa- but my favorite food is a good pizza or a hamburger, mm-hmm. is what I really like. Uh, you know, there's great fish down here, but I'm not really a fish eater. My wife loves all fish and that, but, uh, you know, a good pizza, a good hamburger, something just a, a good comfort food like that. So, mm. and good French fries, good French fries. Speaking my language. Okay. Well, if our audience wants to follow you online on any social media platforms, um, I, which ones should they look for you on? I know we did mention Game Time anytime, um, but you can mention that again too. So, no, Game Time anytime. Mark? But the one that I go, that I keep up, you know, so many of them out there, but LinkedIn. Look for Mark Eggers on LinkedIn. I got lots of followers out there, people I keep in contact with if you want to get a hold of me. And also my personal email address, you're more than welcome to get a hold of me, mark at eggersonline.com. That's fine. If you want to say hi or talk about games or anything like that, uh, or, you know, just, uh, or if I run, I win the uh, clearinghouse, please email me, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> so We'll be checking that inbox for that. That's right. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mark, I just want to take the time to thank you for joining us for this episode of Be Seen and Friends. Just thank you for sharing your time, your energy, your creativity, and your stories with us. It really has been special. So we appreciate everything that you've done and 
we'll take it from here and continue what you've already started. So, and to all of our listeners, we hope that you will stay tuned as we continue on with BCN and friends and bring new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you do have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcn at bcn.org. I'm Holly Briggs here with Janie Shoemaker and Michael Dexter. And on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you are doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, we are out.